From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan, on the seventh day of uh, November, uh, after Election Day. Uh, so uh, we get back to sports after, uh, well, kind of a this way, that way, half a loaf last night. You know, one gets the House, one keeps the Senate, one gets the House. So that's where we are. Uh, so now everybody can get back to the word gridlock in Washington. It's uh, always a fun word. Um, that's where we are as we get ready uh, to move towards a football weekend. We have obviously a lot of baseball stuff, that, a lot of rumors, a lot of different things going on there. Um, the big story of the moment is that uh, evidently, and now we'll have a thousand conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theorists, about this, uh, theorists about this, that Sam Donald evidently sprained a, a foot uh, in the game was not known, was not mentioned, was not disclosed on Monday. Uh, now everyone can, oh, we don't want to say he's benched, so, but we're going to bench him this week. That's right. If you were going to bench him, the game you're going to bench him is against the Buffalo Bills. That's the game you're going to bench him. Uh, now, the Buffalo Bills defense isn't bad, but he can get a win if he probably puts up 10 points. So, I mean, I don't think that's the game you're going to bench him. If you're going to bench him, maybe you'd have that uh, sprained foot if it's a conspiracy come up against New England and not come up against the uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so the bottom line is I don't see any reason why they wouldn't tell you if he really wasn't hurt. I mean, so uh, it's not a big deal. They have a bye week after the Bills. It uh, gives them a chance to to rest, right? I mean, so that's when their bye comes up. What's the big deal? It's not a big deal. Uh, he's out this week, so be it. McCown plays. He gets a week to kind of soak things in. Fine. But, uh, I mean, for there to be now countless uh, hours spent on conspiracy, who cares? Who cares if they bench him? Who cares if he's hurt? The bottom line is, luckily, he's not hurt badly. He'll be back very soon. If he takes a week off, it's not the end of the world. They're not going anywhere anyway. And uh, you know what? He gets a week to, to relax and kind of uh, get himself back in, in the mix, so to speak. So that's where we are. The, uh, as far as Eli, now you can get into the conspiracies there again. Uh, but here's the bottom line. The head coach who desperately needs wins. Because you have an owner there who has a tremendous fear of the optics in the building in the last couple of weeks. you got to understand the way the Giants think as a franchise and the way they've always thought. And to Wellington Mara, and I, I never really agreed with this premise, but this was his premise. A good year to him was a season where they came to the last week of the regular season with something to play for. That was how he judged a season to be a good season. Whether they make it or not, whether they don't make it, but to have a chance. Now, this season is going to be long gone before that, unless they run the table in a division that is woefully weak, unless they run the table. And, hey, if, you're, if you are a member of that team or a member of that coaching staff and you don't believe – with that schedule that you could run the table, then don't even show up for the next game. Because I wouldn't even want you in the room. Because why can't you think that? So you're coming off a a week off, a week where they can kind of hopefully cleanse the evil spirits that have plagued the team. And hopefully they're going to do things a little better. And they could get on looking at the schedule, a roll the next couple of weeks, You have a San Francisco team, which despite last week's performance against the Raiders is anything but a juggernaut. 
You follow that up with a Tampa team that is going to be on its way to a uh, regime change at the end of the season. Okay, that's coming. I mean, uh, Dirk Cutter basically sealed his fate uh, when he made the move back to Fitz. Because when you go quarterback, quarterback change, quarterback change, the owner says, huh? What are we doing here? But do we have one? Do we not have one? Do we know what we're doing? Does the coach know what he's doing? And that obviously becomes – and then they go out there, and their defense has been atrocious, and last week went out there again and gave up 40 points. They are on their way to the to New Jersey the week after. So the next two games, the Giants are looking at San Francisco at 2-7, and seven, followed by a Tampa team that has been – just about the worst team defensively in the league, and it's three and five. A team that can move the football, we know that, and has run a lot of touchdown passes this year, has very good wide receivers. We understand what Tampa has and doesn't have, but they have no defense, and they've probably been the worst defensive secondary in the league, um, and they've given up probably more. I would think, I haven't looked at this, but I would think they've given up more passing yards than probably any team in the league. Um, or close. So the Giants have to say, and Sherman has to say, hey, I can. I can get these two. Now, if I get those two, why can't I start the dream? Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, if I were if I were the if I were the Giants, I would. I'd take it one day at a time. But you know what? I'd start to think that way. So that's the message. You know, after that will come the Eagles in Philadelphia. So obviously, you can burst that bubble when you get to it. But first, let the bubble grow for two weeks before you burst it. So basically. What he told his team and what he specifically told his quarterback is, I need it right now or I don't need it at all. I need it right now or it makes no sense for me to even figure out what's going on here. So give me a reason. And I'm sure he told this to every veteran player on the team. Give me a reason to start you a week from Sunday. Go out there on Monday night, win this game going away, and give me a reason to that. I don't even have to answer a question about who's playing next week. We're playing. One o'clock, be there. And that I don't have to answer a question the week after that or the week after that because we're now winning games. And that is, in essence, what he told his team. And that's the same thing I tell my team. Give me a reason to put you out there the next week. Enough of this nonsense. I got to win some games here. I can't go 1-15. I go 1-15. I might not be punching the card next year. So that's for Eli. That's for... Everybody on that team not named Barkley and Beckham. All right, and and Beckham gets out of that too because he's they they already made that commitment to him. Just like they made the commitment to Barkley by drafting him, they made the commitment to Beckham by paying him. So yes, they don't count in that regard. The other guys do. So Eli, don't give me a reason to put a little that in. An offensive line don't make me change every guy. And go out there and beat Tampa. I go out there and beat San Francisco and then come back on that Sunday in New York and beat Tampa, win two games going away, and make everyone think you have a chance to win in Philly. Take a one step at a time. As for the Jets, again, playing McCown this week, okay. Now go out and get a W. Go out there, get a win, get to the bye, have a reason to have some season left. And then you can install the kid. When you install the kid. Now, if they win and play real well, you know what? They're not going to want to change the quarterback in two weeks. I understand that. They don't have to. 
They don't have to. You know, they can make that case when they play Tennessee. All right? And then after that, I think, after Tennessee uh, is – well, first it would be New England. It's first New England, then Tennessee. So it would be New England first, then Tennessee. So you play New England at home. And if you win big next week, maybe you play him against New England. And then if they lose to New England, you put Sam back in. That'd be fine. Now, if you lose the Buffalo game, you put Sam right back in. If you win the Buffalo game, play well, you can let him sit another week. Let McCown play. And then if he loses the New England game, now if he wins the New England game, we'll talk. First play the New England game. First things first. So now we know he's got a bad foot. If you want to have a conspiracy that something else is up, go ahead. Who cares? It's not worth even discussing. That's the bottom line. Uh, Everyone noticed uh, after last night that Duke has a couple of players. Listen, I don't get excited about... I don't get excited about uh, high school kids. I have an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old have been, who have been showing me highlight videos of this kid for two years because on the Internet. And you know how kids that age love to show highlights and look at highlights. The things they like are highlights and sneakers. Those are the things they love, okay? So, Dad, I got to show you this guy. I got to show you this guy. So my son Jack has been showing me this guy for two years. All right? I said, Jack, he's playing tonight. I know, Dad, let's go watch him. So we did. And obviously he had a couple of highlights last night on his way to an 11 for 13 performance over 30 minutes. And as I said to you yesterday, how shocking I I thought it was that Kentucky was favored because Duke, everybody thought Duke was it. Now, Kansas, I understand people wanted to make them preseason one, but everyone knew Duke was loaded. Everyone knew that Duke has got these two guys who would go probably one-two in the draft. I mean, it's not, it, wasn't, it wasn't a secret. So I was very surprised. You know, sometimes I guess they figure, what the heck if we pick your one-two-three? Who cares? And really, they're right. Who cares? But last night, Kentucky was actually favored, and we know what happened. You saw a whole lot of both of them. But especially, listen, Mr. B had 26 shots. That's a lot. Williamson only shot the ball 13 times. Made 11 out of 13 in his first game and only played a handful of minutes in that game. I mean, he put up those points in 20. I think, if I remember right, I think he only played 23 minutes for the game. I mean, that is a handful when you're thinking about it. I mean, they didn't even try, and they put up 59 in each half. Now, if you know college basketball, 118 in a college basketball game. That is not, you know, Loyola Marymount is a heck of a lot of points. That is an unusual, an unusual number of points, 118. That is, that is crazy. I mean, you don't, you don't usually see, and 59 a half. So you're talking about 59 and knocking down another 59 on top of it. Now, last night he goes 28 minutes, excuse me, 11 to 13, makes his one tray and gets seven rebounds couple of assists, one block. His blocks are a little nasty, too, if you've seen them on video. His dunks and his blocks I've been seeing for, for years. And he's a, he's a specimen. Now, the one thing you'd say about him is at 6'7", you don't like the idea already that at this age he packs 280 pounds. 
He packs it well. But the problem is, he wanted to grow into it. What's he going to grow into? Six foot seven, and six foot seven's it. He's 18 years old. He's going to get bigger, perish the thought. And now everybody's got him automatically as the next greatest thing since sliced bread. Now, remember, they have been talking about this kid specifically. Not the other guys. Not Barrett, not Reddish, not any of of them the way they've talked about this kid. They've been talking about this kid in high school circles for a couple of years. He was the guy. This was it. This is the guy that my teenagers have been talking about for two years. I mean, last night was, Dad, let's go. You know, and the game didn't really start until like 9.50. And I was like, guys, and their mother was out of town last night, so they got a little reprieve, okay? She was in Florida. So they got, they got a little bit of a reprieve, and they got the dad, because their mother's here, they're not even getting the TV on at 10 to 10. So they got the TV on at 10 to 10 to see him. So he put on a little bit of a show, as you, as you saw. Now, they, they didn't beat, you know, they didn't beat the little sisters of the poor last night with 118. They beat Kentucky with 118. John had to sit there and take that kind of 118 beating. That doesn't go over too well down in Lexington, getting, giving up 118. That was quite a showing, quite a showing, and gave somebody something to talk about today. But calm down. I've heard people say better than LeBron James. Calm down. Don't start already. That's something you don't want to – better than LeBron James, you don't want to put on anybody. Don't, th- th- don't even go there. That's not even fair. Th- th- don't even bother. How about he just become the first – you know, Williamson rather than the, you know, second LeBron or the third Jordan. You know, so we don't need to put that kind of tag on him. But he was rather extraordinary last night. It was special. So was the 118 back after this.